Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show. This week we're tackling the thorny subject of emotion around money. It's a source of great stress for a lot of people, sometimes frustration, and certainly in some cases, anger. How can you harness those emotions and use them as a driver to help you achieve exactly what it is you want out of life? I know you're gonna enjoy the show. See you in the book. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my co-host and offsider, Mitchell Laurentiel. Thanks for having me on the show, Mr. B, and to not get all sort of feely, wishy-washy on you today, we're gonna to chat about removing emotion and taking back control of your money. Very, very hard in today's world, especially in Western culture, albeit a very, very important topic to cover. Indeed it is, and uh, there is a huge level of dissatisfaction out there. The ABC are just carrying out a survey right now in terms of how people feel about their financial position. And uh, it reveals an awful lot, including a lot of stress, a lot of shame for some people, and a lot of insecurity, and all of which are unnecessary. Uh, but they're parts of the journey that people go on as they're looking to right the ship and fix things up for their own circumstance. It's at times it can be self-inflicted, at other times it can be situational, like COVID, for example, Absolutely. happens. But all in all, I guess the fact of the matter is what we want to get your advice on here today, AB, is how to rein back in and get control of your spending, of your budgeting, of your investing, because Ultimately, they can be very emotionally driven decisions, but when you take that out and learn how to do it properly with the process, you're gold. Hmm. Well, I think budgeting is certainly a tool to use uh, within your financial well-being. And I guess, you know, for anyone that's listening to this, you know, people oftentimes, if, if they're not where they want to be financially, get very frustrated or they can get quite angry. And we'll talk about some of the bits and pieces in there and can oftentimes be quite embarrassed about where they are. And one of the biggest challenges is where are you at financially and how have you established how you feel about that? Because oftentimes we'll look at our peer group, what our friends are doing and, and feel that perhaps we're getting left behind or we're tracking along really well, or perhaps somewhere in between. And that comparison with other people, it's really an unfair one and it's a source of enormous anxiety and stress for a lot of people. Particularly you know, if you compare where you're at in your financial life to how other people appear to be financially, based on their social media account, for example, you know, it can go an awful long way to causing um, you know, financial anxiety. We're, we're miles behind. These guys are standing next to a, a car that they don't own, so therefore they must be doing better than we are, and I feel embarrassed about that. I don't know. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's a horrible way to feel, but as you mm. quite rightly mentioned, social media is a huge influence, especially for people in my age mm. group, the younger mm. generation, who spend most of their lives scrolling through Instagram mm. wondering why they're not at yeah. rickshaws having lunch when they should be in the office kind mm. of thing. I guess the question I'd like to ask you, AB, is probably surrounding that is really deciphering what you want. Yeah, that's exactly right. And like, I think we can park social media to the side because it's such a curated vision of where people are. You know, it's the 350th filtered photo showing something <laughs> that's not their life, okay? So we can park that. What I would say for anybody listening to this that perhaps is frustrated about where they are financially, and you've got to choose your language around this very carefully because it's a very, very sensitive area. Feel no shame, banish financial shame. Because you know, perhaps you know, you've been someone that's had a, you spend everything and more that you've earned thus far in your life. You don't have any savings and you go, oh, I should have more and arguably, yes, you should. But you've also got to focus on what you do have rather than what you don't have. And what you do have is a memory bank, hopefully full of some great experiences. Maybe you've been traveling or yeah, maybe you've had a, a, an exotic car collection or, or whatever it may be has been your thing to do with your money over that time was the choice that you made. And the reality, Mitch, is that everyone is exactly where they are financially as a direct result of the decisions that they themselves have made up to that point in time in their life. And we can be a victim of our past where we look back and go, 
oh, gee, that was stupid doing that. Maybe it was, but you probably got some good war stories out of it. Absolutely. Um, but at the same time, it's what you did, and you can't, you can't rewrite history. You can't change that. You've just got to accept that's what it was. But now we're in the present, and we're talking about the future, so you've got an opportunity to make a shift and pivot and create a different future if that's what you want. And I guess that brings us to the first question that a lot of financial insecurity comes down to people not actually knowing what it is that they want. And how do you decide for that? Because yes, as you mentioned, you might want some memories, you might want some savings, you probably want a house and a nice mm. car. Ultimately though, if you want to want to save for a house, it might not be the best idea to go out with the boys on the weekend drinking beer. Mm. So how do you balance that and really work out what that is? Well, I think yeah, anything in life, you have to have goals and objectives. And we've covered this plenty of times in this podcast. And if you don't know what you want, any road will take you there. So you've got to spend that time and work out what it is you want. And that can be quite challenging too, because we are in an overly stimulated world where spend some time getting bored and actually thinking. And you've got five minutes and you're on the couch, oh, I better check my phone, see social, flick across, see what the Broncos are doing, whatever it might be that's going on in your world. <laughs> Um, but the reality is spending time with yourself being bored, if you like, opens up that creative part of the brain to think about, well, what exactly is it do I want? And more importantly, if it's something I want, do I really want it? Or does that just seem like it's the thing to say? Now you mentioned, yeah, maybe you want to own your own house, uh, which for many people is a goal and it's a very, very worthy goal. Um, there's also a generation of people coming through where financially that's going to be quite hard to attain simply because prices have moved away. Affordability is beyond wage growth in, in, in most instances. So that's now moved from being a reality to a pipe dream almost. Now we'll, we can explore ways that you can still get there. But if that's what you want, then you've got to put a game plan in play to get there. And I guess the fundamental part of that is looking at your money situation as it stands right now, your budget. And budgeting, again, um, you know, it's one of those cringeworthy terms. I, I, I don't want to look at it. I, I, don't, I really we don't want to look at it. We love budgets, though, you and I. We you, love you have to have it, whether it's in business, whether it's personally, um, or, or any other thing for that matter. You've got to have a, a, a budget down there to get a gauge on. You know, the purpose of a budget isn't to be a stick to beat you with. It's a very, very useful tool to keep you on track toward your goal. So you know, see it through those lenses rather than something that's punitive. And your budgeting might be... You know, there are variables. What goes in and what goes out are the two obvious variables. So let's start with the obvious one, what goes out. And if you happen to be spending a lot more <laughs> than what you should, um, part of your budget might be to rein that in. So an example of this in, in today's world, in the, in, the, in, the, in the gig economy that we're in, might be that you get Uber Eats or, or, or food delivered to your house you know, four or five nights a week. And that's not a cheap option. It's probably not a very healthy option either. Uh, and so if you're spending more than you should and you've got Uber Eats four or five nights a week, probably a better idea would be to go down to the supermarket, learn to cook. You're going to eat a lot more healthily. It's going to cost you much less. And, and, and that money that you've just saved then goes into your budget, which has got a deficit on, for example, right now. Now, this isn't about being the fun please. This is just working out if accumulating some level of wealth is important to you, then you are going to have to take some proactive steps to get there. So budget is the nexus of that. So number one, what's going out the door? Do you want it or do you need it? And this is where you know, buy now, pay later stocks in particular are really quite predatory in that you, know, you can have anything you want split over four convenient payments. So now budget goes out of the window. I can get it anyway because it's split over four payments. Do you really need it? Do you really want it? And, and do you want your bigger goal more than a pair of white Nike sneakers? And if the answer is yes, then don't buy them. It's as simple as that. And that self-control is something that's very important. But you know, we also live in a world that's all about immediate gratification and getting that dopamine release of having what you want now, which is a very Western issue. 
Yeah, we're in a, a very materialistic culture, both here in Australia, look at the US, it's much the same. Whereas if you look at some of the Eastern cultures, you know, happiness is something that's inside, it's not about a new pair of white sneakers. Okay, so you know, we've got those cultural issues, which you know, maybe we'll cover those another time. So budget is a key one. Then on the income side, you know, and, and just going back to budget, you know, there are lots of things you can do. Maybe if you look at um, switching car loans, for example, refinancing your house, looking at your life insurance because you might be able to find a cheaper quote. All of those things put positive money into the account. Um, you know, we talked previously about those micro-saving platforms. All of those things are really great things. On the other side is on the income side, and that is you know, what can you do to increase your income? So we'll work on staunching the flow out the door of spending so much. Secondly, let's have a look at what we can do to earn more. And most people, unfortunately, these days have their job and that's it. You need to have a second or third form of income. It's not a luxury, it's a necessity these days. It's a side hustle. Um, you know, and it might be trading and investing, which is air gig. Uh, it might be that you take on a second job. It might be that you find other ways of you know, building out a lucrative sideline. And again, people might be listening to this going, well, you know, I'm pretty busy, I work hard now. You're not pretty busy, go talk to your granddad if you want to know what busy was. <laughs> yeah, and that's the reality of it. You know, 40 hours a week is the norm for most people. That sure. is not busy, but we've become accustomed to the fact that that's busy these days. Work on a side hustle to get that income up. So, you know, getting that um, budget under control is key. More in and less out is going to swell what's in there, and then you can start to invest that smartly and, and grow things along. Reduces your financial strain. And the overarching theme there is just really taking control of things because when things get out of hand, you start spending a little bit more and maybe your income's not mm. supplementing the lifestyle that you want, you need to be able to rein it in and really get a process in place. You do, and it's so easy to get out of control. We're in a society that's almost geared towards getting it out of control. You know, if you've got credit card debt and you know that bill that's just come through from Visa, MasterCard or Amex and you don't want to open it, oh, I don't want to open it, it's there. <laughs> Be open to yourself and, and, and don't bury your head in the sand and push it away. And it's, it, you know, it's rather like if we were talking about you know, the retirement question. It's such a long time down the road that most people would prefer to bury their head in the sand and deal with it later rather than now. And the truth will set you free. The sooner you get on top of something and if you're going down a pathway that's not the right pathway for you, and understand this is really important. This isn't somebody else's journey. It's not somebody else's goals and aspirations. It's not somebody else's wealth plan. It's yours. Okay, so there's no need to benchmark against somebody else. It's the plan that you want to go on. And if you're not on the right trajectory, if the goal that you've set yourself is not where you're at right now, the only difference is what you're prepared to do to get there. And you have to do something if you're not on track. It really is powerful. And I know you and I have come up with a special analogy that stops hmm. people from doing this called FUDWACKER. Can you talk to us about what <laughs> FUDWACKER means? Yeah, look, FUDWACKER, it's an acronym. Uh, it's one that we use in our, in our membership and sales team. Fear, uncertainty, doubt, worry. These are all really powerful emotions. They're all really negative emotions that people have towards their financial circumstance. So, anger, concern, Yeah, anxiety, anxiety, concern, and anger is probably the epitaph of all of that. And, and, and you know, if you, as I say, if you're not where you want to be, do something about it because you can get back on track. There are different programs that you can do, starting with budgeting and learning how to invest. And it's going to help you get things under control. And that lack of control is probably the most overwhelming emotion for people where they perhaps feel a sense of helplessness, which is terrible. You know, learned helplessness is an awful emotion to be in. But you can rein it back in. You've just got to know what you want and you've got to have a game plan to get there. And it does manifest itself if you're not on track and somebody else is. You start to see a whole raft of other emotions that come out then too, which is resentment and anger. It's a huge one. Oh, it's all right for them. 
you know, and, 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 and we've all got to be very careful with the story that we tell ourselves. Oh, if it weren't for my divorce or if it weren't for my business going under or if it weren't for my dodgy business partner or if it weren't for the fact that when I was a kid, my mother cut my sandwiches diagonally instead of square, my life would be much better than it is today. And anyone that's better than you, uh, in, or should I say in a position that's better than um, where you may be or where you see yourself as being right now, you can really resent that person for, oh, they didn't have to deal with what I did. Key thing here again is stop using stories to soften your situation. Now this is hardcore and this is by no means intended to offend anybody. But as I say, the true truth will set you free. And if you're not where you wanna be, stop softening the story as to why you're at. Get cranky, get frustrated and do something about it. Don't throw stones at other people that have already paid the price of admission to get past that point and be on track for what they want. And social media is a huge one. You know, I see this you know, uh, you know, every now and then we'll mix up our marketing and we'll put something out that's maybe a little bit colorful, maybe I'm in a car or something like that, uh, which, which, and you get all these comments from people, oh, nice rental or, uh, or some negative or nasty comment to that effect because they fail to believe that you can own that car or cars like that. And I know full well that it's sitting right outside our studio yeah. right here. And their anger boils over and they want to throw stones and, and, and say all sorts of things. And that's okay if that's their way of venting, but the simple difference is they weren't prepared to pay the price of admission to get their life in a position where that can become the reality. Now I did, I know what it's like to have no money and I know what it's like to have a lot and I know what I prefer and let's be very clear on this. You know, money won't make you happy. All money is is a lever of who you actually are. If you're a bad person and you're a bad person with a lot of money, you're just gonna be a bad person with a lot of money. If you're a good person with a lot of money, that's what you are. It's just a lever of what you are or who you are. And, and, and look, if you've got a choice of turning up in a problem in a Bentley or you've got a choice of hitchhiking in the rain, you've still got the same problem to face, but one is a much nicer way of getting to it. So sure. money can fix an awful lot of problems. Will make you happy, but it will help fix them. And you've just got to, I guess, get your head around that this is what I want to have and this is what I'm prepared to do right now in this immediate moment. And look, one of my, one of my uh, mentors, probably someone that you know, I owe a lot of my success to is Tony Robbins. I've had the opportunity to work alongside Tony a lot over the years. It, it's great to work with someone that's bigger than you. He's a big man, uh, big heart too. those with you either. No, he's a big boy, Tony, and, and, and he's got a huge heart and a huge brain. And one of the maxims that he works off consistently is never ever leave the side of a decision without taking an action step toward it. So we're kicking the can around and having a chat today and if you're listening to this and maybe you realize that financially you're not where you'd like to be. Nobody else's journey in terms of your own feeling, I feel you should be further along the line. I feel I should be further along the line, I should have this or I should be able to do that or I should have this much wealth or a property or a portfolio of shares, whatever it may be. What are you prepared to do in this moment to make a decision today right now in this instant to make progress toward that becoming a reality is the key. And it's very, very easy if something's, oh gee, it's, it, it, I've got nothing right now. I'm broke or I'm bankrupt or I'm minus whatever it might be. I've just gone through a divorce, whatever it could be. I'm not even at, I'm not even at zero or minus. This is just this insurmountable Mount Everest of expectation here. I can't ever get there. Start off with micro commitments. Try and save 10 bucks this week. And if you save $10 this week, try and save 20 next week and 50 the week after and 100 the week after that. And all the while with those sorts of micro commitments, they're tiny little things, Mitch, but what they are is conditioning you, your muscle memory to take positive action and it's getting reinforced by a positive outcome, which will encourage you to do more of the same until you get yourself back to zero. And then from there you go, well, man, I've got myself from minus to zero. What can I do on the plus side now? And all of a sudden your psychology can start to change enormously. And I've seen this 
you know, with hundreds, probably thousands of clients over the years, where you've got the poor me, I shouldn't be in this position, but I am, it was the hand I was dealt, but it's not, they just haven't played it very well. But as soon as you sort of turn that switch, that dial around and go, okay, let's work on this together. What are we gonna do about it? Micro step today to get further toward that goal, closer to it. Week later, you check in, how are we doing? Yeah, we're making progress. Week later, yeah, man, I'm really making progress. How do you feel about that? Good. And all of a sudden, you've got that sort of endorphin release of making progress and getting something under control in your life. So instead of it being something that you're embarrassed about, that you're ashamed of, um, that you don't want to talk about because it's too hard, it's like, hey man, I've got momentum, this is really cool. What can I do more of this to get closer to what I want? And it's a massive polar shift for so many people. Once you start on that pathway, that's how you set yourself free. It's a, it's, a, it's a good little roadmap that you've painted there, and mm. it's true because the snowball's going to get bigger and bigger as it rolls down the hill, but it is tough. For example, only 17% of the population are natural savers, so mm. for someone to put away money who's yeah. not used to, it's brutal. So I guess the last question I'd like to ask you here, AB, as we cap off this broadcast is, how do you get started? We've talked about the roadmap, but making that decision right now, what needs to go on? Not overthinking it. Don't think about getting started. Get started. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about getting started. Get started. Just get started. Stop making stories as to, well, next week, start of the new financial year. Don't like investing in months that begin with a J. You know, September's my time. The moon's going to be. Let's get past all that junk and get started today. And, and, and of course, it's going to depend on where you're at um, in terms of, you know, um, what your current scenario actually is. And maybe the scenario you're in is actually slightly better than what you thought it was when you really look at it objectively. It starts with budget, get that under control because unless you have surplus cash flow, you're never gonna be able to start investing. So there's a bit of reprogramming sometimes required in terms of our habits and it's very easy to build up um, you know, savings habits and it's equally easy to build up spending habits. So it's a question of getting that in check. And then working out, okay, so as you start to save, what are you gonna do? And cash at the bank, quite frankly, is not an option. Uh, there's no commercial return, particularly after inflation. Um, you know, so you've gotta look at something else. Property is, if you're starting out, no doubt out of reach right now. Although, you know, you're starting to see the emergence of some of those fractional property ownership type businesses out there, which perhaps, you know, can open that ground floor door to people that can own a brick in a house, but it's a start. Okay, and I'm not anti that either. I think fractional anything, if you've got very little money, is a great way of building good habits to build up from there. Sure. Um, getting into the stock market, which is our baby, you don't need as much as people would think, and, and, and regularly saving and topping money up into there uh, is, is certainly the way to go, particularly when you see some of the performance that's been going on, some of the returns that are available. But do something, and it starts today. And if the story of your life is being one of, I've never been good with money, no one in our family's ever been good with money. That's the narrative and you get a choice as an individual right here, right now in this moment to recreate a new ending to that story if you want to. If you want to. If is a very, very small word with enormous ramifications. And if you want to make a change to that whole story of, oh, we've never been good with money, do it and do it now. Because there's never been a better time to start investing other than 20 years ago. If today is your day to make that happen, do it now. So don't get caught up into the narrative of why it hasn't happened. That was the past, this is the present, we're talking about the future, and you can have anything if you're prepared to pay the price of admission, be clear on what you want, and get started taking affirmative action immediately. Not tomorrow, or when I get home from work, now. So whatever you're doing listening to this, if you're in a fix, you're probably in the car listening to this, or on a bus, or on the train, or whatever it might be, Take a step now toward what that goal is, whether it's a question of defining what that financial goal is. Maybe you want to save $10,000 between now and the end of the financial year. Start now. Work on, in your mind, what's the process for getting there. And then once you've done that, what comes next? Because you've got to stretch that, and we've covered that you know, plenty of times again in this, in this podcast, in this show. 
The key thing is there's no such thing as money shame. If you've tried and it hasn't worked before, maybe it's just because somebody didn't take you under their wing and give you a program or a process that you can follow. Maybe you've tried several different things. And, and this is probably the hardest group to communicate with. If you've, let's say you've picked a, a partner that's somewhat unscrupulous in terms of your investing journey and they've taken advantage of your good nature. You've done everything right, you've saved, you've taken action, you just chose the wrong partner. Again, is that gonna be the, um, the, the, the story that dictates your life? I certainly hope not. You know, to say, okay, that wasn't the right route to take. I know the process was right, I just had the wrong person with me. So let's find someone that's better than that that is gonna get us. And that's really hard to get up off the canvas in that situation, but you have to. You know, you've done the right thing once, it didn't work out, that doesn't mean to say you give up. You have to just get up and you go again. And that sort of thing is, is, is really crucial. So yeah, there's no shame in it. There's a lot of frustration out there for people and that's where I think some of the anger comes from. Oh, it's not fair, you had this chance. Everyone had the same chance, we've all got 24 hours a day. It's just a question of how you choose to use them. And then there's no point getting angry that somebody else did a different pathway of action than you did or, or took more action than you did. That was their journey. Don't benchmark yourself against them. Benchmark yourself against where you're at. And if you're feeling angry, use that anger internally. Use that frustration internally that this has got to stop. I'm so cranky about the fact that we're broke. Great. Internalize that and use that as your momentum you know, to get moving forward. You're looking at the fitness industry. I've, I've had an absolute, I cannot, I cannot bear to look at myself on the mirror. I can't believe how fat and unhealthy I am. That sometimes is the catalyst to join the gym and get fit. <laughs> and then you've got your member of the year at the end of the year that's sort of shredded from 40% body fat to 5% body fat and they love themselves for it. Use that anger, use that frustration in a really positive way. It doesn't have to be the epitaph of your life is our family, we're never good with money. You're the person that gets to change that. And that's the beauty of the world that we live in today. There is more opportunity and it's easier than ever before to get started. The only problem is there's now also more distraction than ever before to blow you off course. And that's why working out what it is that you want, a very clear and defined goal is the place to start each and every time you set on a new endeavor because if you don't know where you wanna to get to, any road will get you there. Work it out, work out where you're at, put the game plan together from how you can start inching closer to that and you'll find that your stress levels about money go away from being frustration or worry to excitement and enjoyment because you're making progress and you can feel a whole lot better in yourself for doing that. AB, great advice, thank you very much. Saving, budgeting, investing, starting now, process. Appreciate everything you've got, thank you. Always a pleasure, thanks very much Mitch. There you have it guys, make sure you give us a review and a rating and we'll see you next week.